The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Na, 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 come on. On this episode of the Heat Check, I tell you what, we get into some trade deadline talk, what is happening in Toronto, one of the most interesting teams in the league that have some moves to be made. We get into exactly what I said would go wrong about the Chicago Bulls and why it actually happened. And is Donovan Mitchell about to leave Utah? Kind of seems like it might be happening. All right, Brock, drop that motherfucking beat. crawling onto the trade deadline. Just crawling. No moves have been made. Two weeks is left. Nothing notable has happened. Fuck. You know, I'd like to see some motion, as Drake would say. I guess that's just a motion. Oh, that was what I was listening to on the way. Um, but the part, the team for me that's the hardest to dissect, the hardest to predict, the hardest to figure out who they are, what their identity is now, what their identity will be, is the Toronto Raptors. They are long. They are switchable. They are young. They can compete with almost anybody on any given night. They could also lose to almost anybody on any given night. Team full of stretch threes and stretch fours. Everyone on this roster, basically, basically a 6-7. We haven't talked much about the Raptors lately because they've been bad. Uh, But they have resurrected their season after they had COVID on COVID on COVID. COVID. Team is 9-6 in their last 15. They are in the ninth spot currently in the East. But, 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 but. Just four games out of six seed. Just four games out of not being a play-in tournament. You never know. You never know. When the Atlanta Hawks were a five seed and they end up in the Eastern Conference Final, you never know. That's the optimistic side of me. All of that leads me to a fun little hypothetical. So, okay, you're a 500 team, right? You're playing better now than at any point in the season. You're in a year where there is... No real clear-cut favorite. Like, the Bucks are there. And the Nets, of course, got something to say. But, I mean, come on. So, you know, the Bucks are healthy, but they just got blown out by the Cavs, right? The Nets are healthy, but they just lost to the Lakers. Nah, Lakers aren't really healthy. But 
you're you're coming up on the trade deadline. So you got two options. You make every effort that you can to improve the team now, even if it means that you move away from the quote-unquote plan that you might have for the future, or do you just continue to say we're young, we're dumb, and we're having fun? Knowing that you're an injury away from falling back into the lottery, just like you did last year, because you play your starters more than any other team in the entire league. That's fact. Welcome to the mental pretzel for my man, Nick Nurse, and my man, Masai Ujiri. So, not a big deal, kind of a big deal. I was texting back and forth with Nick Nurse the other day, and I asked him about his thoughts on the team. And he says this. This is exactly what he says. This is tremendous. Just think about this quote. Let it soak in. We're pretty good. We have no depth. <laughs> but I like my five to six guys. Does he know the starting five is is five players? Mm-hmm. I like my starting five plus one. I like my starting five plus one. So I dug into that. How much does Nick Nurse love his five to six guys? I'll tell you. It is, it is love, love. It is, it is, oh my God, holy shit, love. Fred Van Fleet, my guy, leads the NBA in minutes played per game, 38.2. Scotty Barnes, a rookie, is playing 35.5 minutes per game, the most of any rookie in the NBA. No surprise, rookie of the year. Gary Trent Jr., plays 33.8 minutes per game. Pascal Siakam, playing 36.9 minutes per game. OG Ananobi, plays 36.9 minutes per game. That is ridiculous, folks. That is fucking ridiculous. That reads like a box score from 1936, when it was the Cleveland Rosenblooms, a real NBA team, by the way, who had seven roster players. And if someone fouled out or got injured, they literally had to pull someone from the stands to be like, hey, you! You look athletic. Come play basketball. That's what's happening. It would happen in Toronto if they actually had fans. They probably just need to grab the actual like Toronto mascot because he's the only available bench guy that they have. They legit play their starters more than anyone. All of those guys top 20 in the league in terms of minutes played. Which makes comments like these from Nick Nurse that he didn't say to me, but he said to the media, Hilarious, laughable, untrue. He's talking about the battle between Sam Decker and Isak Bonga. Two guys that were at the end of the roster and they were trying to make a decision who's gonna play. Who's gonna get cut and who's gonna play. And this is what and this is what Nick Nurse had to say. Uh Isak kind of fills the role that we want. He's got size. He's a versatile defender. He's on the offensive glass. He's kind of a real role-playing guy we can think we can throw in there at any time. He's good enough to get into games anytime right now, to be honest with you, but we can't play everybody. Excuse me. You don't play anybody. Excuse me. You're just playing five to six dudes. Five? Really? Six, okay, so your five starters are all top 20 in minutes played and you can't find Isak Bonga any playing time? Excuse me. That's hilarious. And now Nick Nurse's mind has turned to the trade deadline and how he can make this team more competitive because he even said it. It's now undisputable. They have zero depth. Not only do you know that based on who he's playing, you know that because he said it his goddamn self. (laughs) This is what he said. 
There's some stark downs, man. It's been a battle to pick everybody up or pick yourself up. But he is optimistic that the Raptors right now can contend. I told him that's a sort of beautiful optimism that you just can't get. The delusions of optimism when you're not winning. Any team, not just them, because they're actually like decent, but a team like the Lakers, to believe you can win at any moment, any game, despite being so very clearly outmatched, out-depthed, out-athleticismed. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I die. I would die for that level of optimism about any fucking thing. Anything, even about getting my toast like perfectly toasted. I don't have optimism that I could complete anything in that manner. So Michael Grange reports that Nurse has had multiple conversations with GM Bobby Webster about trying to evaluate what the Raptors need coming up to the trade deadline. But it's been hard to evaluate given the way that the season has gone. He says that there's about a six to seven man core that they want to focus on going forward. Yeah. Those are the six to seven guys that are getting all the minutes. Actually, it's really five to six, but you can't say you only like your starting five. (laughs) You can't go out to the world and say that. You say I like seven because anything less than seven sounds like you're a psycho. That's a psycho move. So what do you do right now if you're the Raptors? You got a good core. All of them are the same guy. Like all six, seven athletic can switch, can handle the rock. Well, it's been a while since they've seen some winning hoops, right, in Toronto. They literally played in Tampa the entire all last year. They didn't even see Canada when they were in the basketball season last year. So you think that the tendency might be push your chips in the middle of the table and go, quote-unquote, all in. To me, that is terrible. That's a terrible idea. Even, Even still, they did decide to sort of tank to get Scotty Barnes last year, right? And it's a fact that they have no depth. Like, it's a fact. So, Nick Nurse also told me that there is no point in his career he's ever believed he's had a lost season. He doesn't believe it exists. He believes as a head coach, there's no moment in time that exists where you say, pack it up, we're just going to build on this one. We're just going to have this be a, uh, an emotional victory. All these things are creative ways to get new guys involved and develop, develop young talent. No, no, you play to win no matter what, he said. You play to win no matter what. He's going to run the legs out of these starters to chase wins, which means from a betting perspective, they're never out of it. Whatever the line is, just take it. Like, I know you can get burned at a plus four and a half to take the Raptors against some good team, and then all of a sudden you don't make it. But, like, this is a team he's going to put Fred Van Fleet out there when they're down 30. Like, think about that. If you lead the NBA in minutes played – That's including games you're getting blown out. He's like, fuck it, Fred. It's just you, my guy. Go ahead and pad your stats. That's fucking crazy. Back to the problem. Everyone wants the Raptors to make a big trade. You want it. I want it. Toronto fans want it. Masai wants it. But I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not sure because there's two words. Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic is making $19.1 million a year. He's my age, which means he's over the hill in basketball terms. And everybody's talking about John Wall. Why isn't John Wall playing any basketball? John Wall's making a lot of money. The Rockets aren't using him. Nobody's asking that about Goran Dragic. Nobody's like, why is Goran Dragic nowhere around this team? Why is Goran Dragic out indefinitely for personal reasons? Why haven't they come to some resolution about him? Just like Wall, Goran Dragic sitting on his hands, not playing. No one's asking a goddamn thing. 
The Raptors don't need an old wash guy, but they also traded for that wash guy in order to basically game and loophole the cap system in order to trade Goran Dragic and then receive a $20 million trade exception that would allow them to basically get a guy that they can't get otherwise with that Kyle Lowry trade. So, in order to trade Goran, we're probably going to have to attach draft picks to get him off the books. Which means you trying to build for the future, you're literally giving up assets that you need. Draft capital is very important for a young developing team. But then you also want to sign free agents. And so the whole Goran Dragic trade capital thing is sort of inextricably linked. It's a hard word to say. Fucked up two days in a row on that. But if they let Goran Dragic's contract expire, they lose $20 million in that trade exception in that Lowry sign-and-trade. And then that Lowry sign-and-trade doesn't make no damn sense. They should have traded him earlier if they can't get something out of him. It's a very complex scenario. Very complex. Been wrapping my mind around it all day. And we know that Masai wants to build around a young core. And part of that strategy is, is stockpiling those picks. But at 500 right now, the, the Raptors probably have a valuable mid-first rounder. Probably 15-16 in this first round. Basically, just below the lottery. And the Sixers offered multiple draft picks for Kyle Lowry last year. So, if... You turned down multiple suitors in the middle of the trade deadline last year. You turn that down, and then you do a sign-and-trade for Precious Achulia in a first-round pick and Goran Dragic, and then you got to give up a first-round pick to get rid of fucking Goran Dragic. Then what do you have? You have Precious Achulia, who's a nice piece, but goddamn, you could have had Tyrese Maxey in two firsts. I understand the concept of fuck Philly. But not at your own expense. You know what I mean? Like, don't just don't do that trade because you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. No. No. So, for me, it's going to be a very interesting thing watching them going forward because it'll tell you everything you need to know. If they don't make a move and they let Goran Dragic's contract just wither away, that means they have no interest in doing anything right now. They have no interest in going out and getting free agents because they got guys to sign soon, and that's happening. They will be signed. And the only guys you're going to be able to get is in the draft, not in free agency, which means young, young, young youth movement, which probably means more five- to six-man rotations. (laughs) Ah, well, since Toronto can only get better via trade, kind of like the Blazers, it might just mean... Go and get Norm Powell again. I guess. Maybe trade Chris Boucher. I guess. It's a situation that is developing. Keep your eye on it. But if I had to put my gavel down, I'd say Toronto will be a play-in team. And and that's all. And at that point, why not just do the lottery again? It seemed to work out last time around. But keep your eye on it. Keep your eye. We on some hairs on her Gucci fragrance. When you live this good, ain't no complaining. I'm ready to give you all of this. Hit me up, tell me coordinates. Coordinates. I put it off, can't afford the risk. Drop to a range in the sky. I'm gonna be nice, but I'm gonna speak the truth. As usual. Chicago. Chicago sucked me in. They did. I was sus. As you, you know, I said, this team, 
Very short bench. I said it. I, I was like, okay, what are they really going to do? And then all of a sudden, one seed. Fucking, okay, well, got to eat crow at that point. DeMar DeRozan's playing at MVP level. You know, Lonzo's a throwback floor general. Okay, okay. Levine balling out so that he could get a huge deal from the New York Knicks next year. Okay. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Vooch have been having an interesting year. Has some clutch moments. Not his best year. Not particularly any better than his worst year. But, okay. I mean, my man Ayo, Ayo Desunma, he's a nice little piece. Already got his jersey retired at Illinois. DeMar DeRozan's going to Illinois with Ayo. They're having a good time. Okay, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. And then, just like the SS Chicago Bulls sinking faster than Bitcoin. Just like that. Just like that. By the way, read up on OBJ getting his contract in Bitcoin. Fascinating story. Might want to just... Scale your enthusiasm for Bitcoin for a second. Um, and you would think that because I issued an apology already to Bulls fans that I would hold back on saying I fucking told you so. But uh, no, no, that's not me. I am that petty. Someone said on TikTok today, Trista doesn't fully know the alphabet because she knows every other letter but L. The only letter that she's not acquainted with is the word, is the letter L. Yeah, I don't take any L's. I, I, I don't take L's. I'm right. You guys are wrong. I told you so. What did I say earlier on the season? What did I say? I said, quote, I found my own quote. I am quoting myself. This starting five has the ability to play with anyone. I like how I'm reading the quote like it's not me. But the bench is so thin. And if the starters keep playing as much as they have been, someone might break down. And if they break down, they're going to be in trouble. Folks, if that's not about as accurate as it gets, I don't know what is. Guess what? Multiple players now broke. Broke, broke, broke. Broke down. Bulls sliding down the standings like a fucking water park. They were number one. With a bullet. And now people are wondering. Real media people. Not me. I didn't say it. There are people like Brian Windhorst being like, can this team even host a play-in game? What? What? <laughs> Where did it all begin? Where did the deterioration of the foundation start to happen? My man Alex Crusoe, of course. He's, I'm starting to get a little worried about Crusoe. They might be a... I'm not injury prone, but maybe snake bitten from injuries. He's missed 14 games last year with the Lakers. This year, banged up most of the year, and now he's out four to six weeks with wrist surgery after he came down from that Grayson Allen injury. And I think, wow, DeRozan is the brains of this team. I think Caruso's the heart and soul. And without Caruso and his infectious energy and his intensive intensity, intensive defensive intensity, that's what I meant to say, this team is just lacking when he's not on the court. And then the same thing can be said about Lonzo Ball. He's a defensive monster. He and Caruso make that thing go. They're like the gel. They're like the connective tissue of the defensive identity of this team. And Lonzo Ball is an assist machine. So without those two guys, rot row. And now you got Derrick Jones Jr., nice little role player on a team that has no depth. So he doesn't matter unless you already are struggling with depth, and now it really matters. He's having surgery on his wrist. He might miss the rest of the season. 
My man, Zach Levine, continues to miss games with knee soreness on the same leg that he had ACL surgery on. Yikes. And Patrick Williams, he's probably out the remainder of the season, too. And we all knew in the beginning of the season, Patrick Williams had an ankle injury. Now you got a, a torn ligament in his wrist, and he's gone. He was supposed to be there. This core was supposed to have something. They have less depth than I thought that they had in the beginning of the year because they haven't even had their main guys. And like clockwork, they go 3-7 and seven in their last 10, fall into second, which you're like, oh, Trista, you're hating on them? You're a hater. You're a hater. They're in second. You're a hater. No, no, no. No, no, no. They're just a game up on the Cavs and one and a half games up on the Bucks and the Nets. You don't think those guys, when they figure it out, they're not going to be able to surpass you? It's a, it's a close race in the East, folks. In other words, Bulls are a two-game losing streak away from being in fifth, fifth place and probably another two to three games away from seventh place. Excuse me. Excuse me. Just give me... My flowers. Just tell me, Trista, you're not right all the time, but you're, you were fucking super right on this. And it's not DeRozan's fault, of course. It's not, it's not. Like, all the things I said about him, very wrong. I continue to stay wrong on DeMar DeRozan. In the last two losses, he scored 35 and 41 and is single-handedly keeping this Bulls team in the game. But without depth, it's just too much to overcome. It's a bridge too far. It's a bridge too far, and it is exactly what I fear might happen. It is why I can't take Toronto seriously. You can't go out there, roll the ball out, and be like, five to six guys, go out there, play hard. Oh, you tore an ACL? No, no, keep playing, keep playing. You can't do that. Can't do that. Like, your starters are playing too many minutes. It's just a matter of time. These men aren't robots, right? Like, why don't we think that they're robots and because they're elite athletes, they can do whatever, however, as much as they want, as much frequency and an intensity and a duration? But no, these are human beings with bodies that will break down with impact and force and momentum. Another team that's been banged up this year is Cleveland, who lost two starters, Sexton and Rubio. The difference, the big difference between the Cavs I can't believe I'm even saying this. The big difference between the Cavs and the Bulls is that the Cavs have a shitload of depth. They got guys go down, don't matter. They just keep on keeping on, and they make moves. They immediately replace Rubio with with uh, Rajon Rondo. When the Bulls lost somebody, what what happened? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing's happened. Nothing has been done. It was like it was immediate. It was Ricky Rubio season-ending injury. The next tweet that you saw was. Cleveland pursues Rajon Rondo. Like, within three seconds, they're like, we gotta do something. What are you guys doing? What are you fucking guys doing? Nothing. You're just sitting on your laurels, and all your main starters who are all out in an indefinite period of time, somewhere between six to eight weeks, but one guy, Lonzo Ball, hasn't even had surgery yet. So the clock on his eight weeks hasn't even begun yet. Tick, tock, tick. They don't even know what they're gonna do in his surgery. So can the Bulls save their season? I don't know. Going to need to make a move. A lot of chatter about Patrick Williams. He's got to go. He's got to go. In order for you guys to even figure it out, you got to get some. You need some multiple pieces. You don't need a star like Jerry Grant and Jeremy Grant. You need role players. Excuse me. They're going to be getting Lonzo Ball and Crusoe back by the playoffs. But even LaMelo Ball can attest. When he came back from his wrist injury, he was like, I was not the same. I was not the same. 
not until the very next year did I feel anywhere near myself. So the worst case scenario, as I predicted, because it's science, uh, has happened in Chicago. It's just math. It's just math. And I think it's actually uh, physics. It's more physics than math, but physics has math. It's all the same. And now they have to work super, super hard from sliding below that coveted four seed in the east. And just like math, anything below six is a plan, which means TK is right. You can send me my claps. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I will not be taking questions at this time. How much money you got? A lot. How many problems you got? A lot. How many people done doubted? A lot. Left you out to rot? A lot. How many pray that you flop? A lot. How many players have left your franchise? A lot. A lot of good ones. A lot of good ones have left Utah. And maybe a new one is coming soon. What is happening in Utah? We just did our deep dive on the Jazz. Like I said, they are spiraling. It's a struggle bus. No Rudy Gobert. Their defense is sus. And then this happened. My man Rick Buecher over at Fox wrote this. Nothing has happened this season to dispel the impression that the Jazz are a one-trick pony and a step behind the elite teams in the Western Conference. Nullify their three-point scoring advantage and they are eminently beatable. Yikes. It's no coincidence that January is the first month this season in which Jazz opponents are averaging more threes made and Utah is four and nine this calendar year. The worst part, the Jazz, I said they needed to be the one seed, didn't I? I said they need they need home field advantage, home court advantage all the way out. They need it. They are now in fourth. They are 0-4 against the teams in front of them. Grizz, Suns, Warriors. Yikes. Yikes. Stress levels in Utah have got to be through the roof. There's no outlets like coffee or sex or anything. Maybe sex. Look up soaking. But that stress is at an all-time high right now. Has to be when they read this bombshell that Buker dropped. The incessant buzz around the league is that there are those in Donovan Mitchell's circle who believe he is too big of a star for Salt Lake City. Further, some say it's only a matter of time before he joins his former agent at CAA and current New York Knicks president, Leon Rose, in New York. Here's where it gets real spicy. They are a first-round exit away from Donovan being in New York, an Eastern Conference scout said. Oh, oh, is that true? Uh, I'd say that's pretty likely. A first-round exit for the Utah Jazz? I don't care who they see. They are vulnerable. Remember remember good old Daron Williams? You remember Gordon Hayward? Good players. Nice guys. Had some handles. Daron Williams, one of the better floor generals. Gordon Hayward, one of the better wings in the league. Two jazz first rounders who said, Deuces! I am all the way out of this fucking place. For greener pastures. The difference is Gordon Hayward left in free agency. Donovan Mitchell still has four years left on his contract. If the Jazz don't do something to fix their problems fast, Spider might be the next man out of the door in Utah. That is all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We will be back Monday with a new episode. Please do not forget to download. Please do not forget to subscribe. Please tell your friends. Do not skip any friends. Tell all the friends. And follow us on social at, at this heat check and at Trista Craig on TikTok. Again, tell your friends. 
See you guys Monday, folks. See you guys Monday.